Bedrosian throws to Sandberg, and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first. It's over. 27 years of waiting have come to an end. The Giants have won the pennant. All right, we are back with Thompson to Clark in the beginning of the baseball season essentially spring training yeah. is here everybody is zero and zero <laughs> it's gonna be like that for a while <laughs> but These, that, everybody that, always says what was the what was the big whole the, the whole thing last year during the wbc the the phrase that um we we love meaningless games <laughs> um, and that that carries over for pretty much any baseball fan when it comes to spring training we love meaningless games just give us games it doesn't matter exactly. inner squad i don't really care <laughs> exactly but you know the the thing is is optimism is here right it's, yeah. it's 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 optimism everybody is like hey we're not seven games under 500 we're not 10 games back we actually yes. can talk about things like oh what if we made the playoffs? So that is the best part about spring training. The Giants signed an old friend. Yeah. Now I wanted to get your take on this because we haven't talked about this specifically. But was it this guy? They signed this guy? Bring this guy back? <laughs> Does... Daryl Evans? No, no. <laughs> Not that old. <laughs> This man is 37 years old, which surprised me because I always think Jeez. of him as just like a young kid, right? He's got that oh, yeah. young person's personality. But the Kung Fu Panda himself, Pablo Sandoval, is signed to a minor league roster deal. He is a non-roster invitee to spring training. He hit a six-run home run in some crazy league. <laughs> the Dubai League. Yeah. When I saw that whole thing, I was like, I don't think I'm going to watch any of those games. <laughs> and so I was having a Twitter conversation with an old friend. Now, this is when Twitter was cool, when you could actually <clears throat> meet up with people back. based on, you know, tweeting about the Giants. And we kind of went back and forth, and, and I, I kind of asked, like, is this because, you know, is this supposed to throw us off the scent? Signing Pablo, is it? Is it for show? Is it for go? Like, what is the whole thing here? And she, and she thought it was like, you know, it was, it was because he's, because they couldn't sign some people, so they're reminding people of the good old days or something. And I, I, I definitely get that. I think there's some of that. But at the same time, I do find it pretty harmless and I don't expect him to make the team, but I'm all for an older, more mature Pablo Sandoval in spring with a bunch of players who have a similar background as his. And not that he necessarily needs to be a mentor, but he kind of brings something that they haven't experienced being on a World Series baseball team. Yeah, it, it's one of those signings where, it, and to me, it kind of, you know, started when Farhan came in and then hired Kapler and things, you know, kind of curtailed and went a little bit backwards last year um, to the point where Kapler was fired. So I, I really do think that Farhan has one ear to the ground listening to the fans, listening to the chatter. Look, we... We like our nostalgia. We're Giants fans. We mm -hmm. we like our history. We like our lore. The only sick people like us could like candlestick. I mean, that <laughs> that's you know that's how much we like the old stuff and we enjoy it. So bringing Pablo back is one of those things where also Kung Fu Panda Four. I just saw an ad for that on my oh yeah, it's coming on my like, Echo Show. Kung Fu Panda Four is coming, so it's. In like a couple weeks, I think. <laughs> so so we got the Kung Fu Panda back. Kung Fu Panda 4 is coming out. But it's one of those things where um, it's not hurting anything. It's not, it's not really taking a roster spot um, because the Giants can easily just sign some. I mean, if they sign Chapman, you know, the writing would be on the wall for Panda. This is kind of a a showcase for Panda in a way. No, no other organization is going to showcase Panda like we're going to. So, you know, if he, if he's looking for a job somewhere else on a coaching staff, um, 
you know, as a, as a, a 26th man on a roster somewhere on a team that's trying to gain a little bit of excitement. Um, the Giants are the team that could absolutely do this. I mean, look, you know, Matt Williams is back. Bob Melvin is back. Uh, Will Clark, Buster Posey. Mm-hmm. Those guys are going to be in camp this year. They're going to show up. Uh, Pat Burrell's back. Uh, I mean, the, you look at it. I think, I think Farhan went the other way and said, look, I understand. And there are Giants, ex-Giants players out there who could help the the Giants roster, who could who could help on the coaching staff, who could help in spring training. Um, so he's he's giving the fans what they want, but then you just get complaints from Giants fans. It's it's like, but again, we're talking about Twitter X, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I, not not real. Not real Giants fans. These are, you know, oh, okay, you know, now that we got Pablo, now we're not getting Chapman. I mean, you got to be out of your mind. Well, I mean, you know, there there's a good Giants Twitter can be good, but I think the people who are, you know, the the people who Tim Kawakami ends up blocking constantly, like <laughs> though though you know those those people are kind of crazy. Yeah. But you, you mentioned something. You mentioned Candlestick Park and how you know we you can only be a crazy Giants fan to like that park. Yeah, I'm currently reading a book by uh, author Lincoln Mitchell called the giants and their city and it covers 1976 through 1992 okay. so basically yeah. when i was born until 1992 and the story behind the giants almost going to toronto is crazy and it's not it's not a story that i'm very familiar with like i know the the nuts and bolts but that story is crazy so you know before the season starts I want to finish this book. I like reading baseball books kind of during baseball season. And there's another book that I am currently reading. Um, Gosh, what is it? Uh, It is. um, I'll find it here. I think I don't know if you if you bought this one as well, but I think I I told my dad to buy this one. But it is on um, uh, Mike, uh, Mike Murphy's six decades with the giants from the stick oh, to the cove. Right. So I want to read both of those books basically by the time the baseball season starts or, you know, into baseball season, but you know, just the crazy, you, you, you mentioned the crazy. It just reminded me of like that. The reason why we do this podcast has a lot to do with growing up and being a giants fan and going through the heartbreak of being a Giants fan, like because you take that time frame seventy six to ninety two, they would have had uh, one pennant winning team, and uh, and one uh, no, so they would they would have had uh, one World Series team and they lost, and then one NLCS team uh, and, and and they lost. So like not a whole lot of success, and then post ninety two, it does get a lot better but just to go back through that time frame is like our childhood and it just reminded me of you know this is why we do the podcast is for spring training it's because yeah. 1986 you got to like these kids and you know nothing but the you know the 20 year old infield uh, uh, that that they were putting out there and so it's just those things that remind me why spring training is important why you sort of have this fresh slate why, if you're a Dodgers fan, you're probably ecstatic about what's going on. Having, you know, I saw all these articles on Yamamoto throwing his first live bullpen. <laughs> I was like, really? Like, that's what uh, we care about? How about Shohei's home run count in batting practice? <laughs> that's another ongoing. Is he Dodgers wearing the players. elbow brace? Is he have, does he uh, wear an I, elbow brace? I believe so. Yeah. And they're, they're, you know, 10, he had 10 swings and hit six home runs. Oh, all right. It's batting practice. Yeah, exactly. The guy's a phenom. Yeah. He's going to hit home runs in batting practice. <laughs> so Pablo, he's, Going to get a few ABs here and there. He'll be fun to watch when they actually play games. So I'm sure he's going to be signing a ton of autographs. I'm sure when Buster comes by camp and, you know, some of the other players from those teams come by, that's it's going to be a nice thing and a whole lot of fun for, for the team. But ultimately, you know, I think if, if there's an opportunity for him to make somebody's roster, maybe the A's who want, the Giants, old vets, old cheap vets, 
then, you know, they'll let him go and do that. But he did say he would play in AAA, which I kind of find very interesting. He's going to go to yeah. Sacramento and play baseball. Like this dude signed a, you know, many, many million dollar contract with the Boston Red Sox. He's going to go scrap it up in AAA. I, I mean, I think he wants to play so much that he's willing to kind of extend his looks from other teams, maybe to, um, to spring training, give himself a couple more weeks. You know how that goes. He'll pr- probably, if he ends up going to AAA and say the Giants are like, hey, yeah, you know, we're not putting you on the 40 man, but we'll assign you to the minors. Um, then, you know, maybe three, four weeks into it, he says, okay, I haven't gotten any other interest. So I'm going to call it a career at this point. But uh, I think Sacramento opens here in Reno. Opening day is like April 2nd, but I'm, it's the one week we're gone on uh spring break so knock it i tried to talk to the wife i said you know here's 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 the schedule opening day it's two o'clock in the afternoon we could so day we both work from home we could play hooky we could just you know show yeah. up ballpark catch a game and uh she's like it's spring break we're not here I was like, eh. <laughs> damn wait, wait are you gonna get a chance to see drew jones is he gonna be <clears throat> yeah Oh my gosh, that's yeah. So there are a lot of players are going to be coming through here this year. Um, so yeah, I'm going to try to get to more Aces games this year, especially the night they do. They do play some uh, Saturday because it's so darn hot here during the summer. So their Saturday games are at 6 p.m. So those are nice because the sun's starting to go down. You get a nice part of the stadium. Um, you know, grab a grab a nice cold beer, stand up and just kind of walk around the ballpark. And over the left field bleachers, it's really cool. Not not bleachers. There's a left field wall at Aces ballpark. So when you're walking around the ballpark, you can stand over the wall and just look down and just watch the game from up there. And there's a railing you can put your beer. And then behind you is where the train runs through Reno. So that's really, oh, look, thumbs up. <laughs> um, <laughs> behind you when you're standing up there is where the train runs through Reno. So you're watching a game, train comes through. If you ever get a chance, if anybody's up here, uh, Giants fans, and, and you're in the Reno area, go to a, a a game at Aces Ballpark. Check out the the stadium and everything. It's a lot of fun. One of the most fun AAA uh, minor league ballparks I've ever been to. Yeah, I would. We got to look at that schedule and see if there's yeah, any yeah. Sacramento Reno games on the weekend sure. that Crystal and I can just drive up to for get you guys out and hang Absolutely, out. Absolutely, that'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, just a couple of business notes. You reminded me we're doing this on a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Obviously, yesterday was the holiday. Uh, and next week, we're going to go on Tuesday again because I'm out on Monday. And then I think you said the following week, you're going to be out early in the week. So we'll push to yeah. Wednesday. And then you mentioned your spring break week. You were going to be out the whole week. So I'll, I'll either yeah. find someone to do this with or we'll just take the week off uh, for that. So, yeah, that it's uh, it is. The show is going to be moving days, but we're, we're, we're still <laughs> we're locked still in punching to, it in, to doing man. them. So, yeah. All right. So, that, uh, so that week I'm uh, that week I'm off for spring break. Unfortunately, that's like the first real week of the season because the week before that we open on a Thursday in San Diego for four, and then I'm gone. And that week we are in LA for three. Man. Yep. So that's going to be a fun week because I'll be actually we'll be near here. Our spring break this year is going to be up near like Tahoe. So we won't be down in the L.A. area, but so I'll be able to watch the games, which would be really nice. Yeah. All right. Now we are post Pablo conversation. We're going to chit chat about Keith Law. He had a top. It was a top 20 prospects for the Giants this year. And there was also news about two of those prospects because two of those prospects were drafted as possible two-way players. And we've been talking about this uh, for a little while in that Reggie Crawford was probably not going to be much of a two-way prospect. The hitting wasn't there. They want him to focus on pitching. He's hitting 99 and coming from the left side. And they made it clear he is going to be uh, uh, solely a pitcher. And last year's top pick, Bryce Eldridge, who was drafted as a possible two-way, 
Keith Law basically said he's really only got one pitch, though that wasn't going to be sustainable and that they, they, they need to focus on the hitting. So he is going to be solely a first baseman. But they are two of the top five prospects that the Giants have. Uh, Kyle Harrison is still number one, and Keith Law pencil, pretty much penciled him in as their number two starter, which is, I think, you know everything that we've heard. Marco Luciano is also in there. He's going to be their starting shortstop. So any thoughts on some of these younger players? Because, you know, the whole design, the whole blueprint for this franchise is to have young players to fill out a big deal of your roster. And then you chase some of the big name vets. But you got to have these young players who are cheap, you know, in order for this blueprint to work. So what are your thoughts on Harrison and Luciano and Eldridge and Crawford? And and I think Carson Wisenhunt uh, rounded out the top five. Yeah, the top five are, uh, that's a good top five. I'm one of the weirdos who likes <laughs> the youth movement. Mm-hmm. I know, I, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are like, wow, we got to get Blake Snell. We got to get, you know, Blake Snell's nice and all, but you're going to pay a Scott Boris premium for a long contract for Blake Snell coming off of a National League Cy Young Award. That's probably the worst thing that could happen. Uh, if you're a GM, that's the, one of the worst things that could happen coming out of uh, last season was Blake Snell getting the National League Cy Young Award. Um, maybe they should have just given it to, to Logan Webb. See, that's <laughs> the thing. The Giants writers should have all voted for <laughs> Logan Webb, and then Blake, Smell, Blake Snell would have been at a, at, a, at a lower cost. But I like the youth movement. I'm very excited to see Kyle Harrison as the number two. Um, again, it's going to be pitch count. It's going to be innings count. Um, how long are they going to let him go? But he's electric, so it's going to be very exciting. Um, Luciano, that's that's a tough one because he's such a power bat if he can really, really lift the ball. Um, but the problem is going to be where do you play him? Uh, and I mean, a lot of talk about him taking over at shortstop, but then you have yep. nobody else. There was a big article written that you really don't have anybody else at this point to be his backup. So if the if the if the glove fails at shortstop or the bat fails at shortstop or if they both fail at shortstop, you're kind of stuck at that point because you really don't have anybody else to plug in. That article written by Grant Brisby was so fun and not not because. You know, we're we're creating a problem for Marco Luciano and he hasn't even really started yet. But it is a worry because he has broken down a lot in in the minors. And last year's given the opportunity. And uh, you know, they it's not like he Yeah, he he didn't come up essentially to to do much. He he was kind of back down and you know not really playing a lot. So the fact that they're giving him the job or they want him to win the job out of spring is kind of nuts to me because of what little we saw with him last year. They didn't even really trust him to play much. And so now we're just turning over the whole captain of the infield to this guy. (laughs) So that's interesting. But what you said is they don't really have anybody behind him. And right now the person on the roster who would get some of those reps at shortstop is Tyro Estrada because Tyro Estrada came up as a shortstop and they moved him to second because he's just defensively a better second baseman. But then that opens up the thing of, okay, so if Tyro moves to short, then who plays second? We had that problem last year. Wilmer's getting reps at second base. We're like, what's going on here? So I think that is a thing that they need to figure out. Now, some of the names that were thrown out, as far as uh, be, being the backup, uh, Tyler Fitzgerald, which is a favorite of ours because he's got speed. He's playing some center. He's playing some middle infield. He strikes out a lot, but if he could just make contact and utilize that speed, I think he could find a spot on this roster. Otto Lopez, who they just picked up the other, uh, the other day, that's another possibility. I know he plays some shortstop, but the problem is is what you said in that if Luciano doesn't cut it, they don't have a plan B. 
There's not a Brandon right. Crawford playing behind Luciano, Luciano. And we talked about this before. Like, why isn't Crawford a possibility? Well, you know, you probably have to pay him a lot to sit behind your young guy. And then what if the young guy fails and then Crawford just slides back in and he had a terrible <laughs> season? Like, there's weirdness yeah. around there. That's not, you want to move forward. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, if Lu, if Luciano does not succeed, a it's a it's a top prospect who's not able to make the transition, and b you don't have a plan. You don't have a backup plan, at least as far as we can tell. It's just a bunch of it's a bunch of young guys who are more utility players, and they are actually shortstops. And I know there's other folks out there. There's uh, Elvis Andrews and um, who is the other who is the other guy who played for the Dodgers last year? I think. Oh, he actually just <clears throat> signed today. You're thinking of uh, Ahmed Rosario. Right? Yes, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, he actually just signed. <laughs> I think he just signed about two hours after that article came out. Uh, he is signing with the Rays. For oh, wow. Movie. There you go. Yeah. So that is maybe the biggest question mark on a team that has a few question marks going into camp. To me, that's the biggest one. I think the other ones, and we've been talking about this for the whole summer, which is what is the rotation going to look like yeah. behind Logan Webb, behind Kyle Harrison? Is it going to be uh, Keaton, uh, Keaton Wynn? Is it going to be Tristan Beck? Um, you know, the guys like that who, you know, I, w w we use this as a little bit of a temperature gauge. Who's going to go, like, if you're going to a game and you see the name on the marquee of, you know, 2013 Madison Bumgarner, you're like, oh, I want to go to that game because Mad Bum's going to go seven or eight, and he's may possibly throw a no-hitter. Logan Webb is the closest to that. If Logan Webb is pitching, you know the team's going to have a chance to win. But if you see Tristan Beck on the marquee, is that a game where you're like, hmm, I want to see what I want. I want to go and watch this game because the Giants have a great chance to win. We don't know that yet with a Keaton win right. or a Tristan Beck. Uh, you know, at some point, you know, maybe we'll we'll know more about you know Robbie Ray. Maybe a guy like that down the line. Uh, you know, I saw the um, I saw the Alex Cobb uh, near no hitter last year. Yeah, which right. Was really, which was really fun. Um. And then uh, the kid, who's the kid, uh, Hicks, that they picked up. I mean, I'm sure, at least in the beginning, you want to see what 104 miles an hour looks like. You're going to want to go to see that game. But really, it is a rotation of a lot of hope and a lot of uh, flexibility, I guess. And I don't, I don't like the word flexibility when we're thinking about starting rotation. Yeah, it's a tough one because when you're talking about Beck and you're talking about Win and you're talking about Hicks, you're talking about three guys that maybe go like four or five innings and then you're into the bullpen. Um, <clears throat> they're kicking around the name Sean Jelly as you know being a bullpen guy because there, there's an innings eater because the new Junis, the new Junis, he can go three or four innings. Um, then you're looking at. You know, uh, handing it over to the Rogers brothers and possibly Amir Garrett and and, and Luke Jackson, um, you know, and then off to Camilo. So that that's a lot of that's you know the majority of your starting rotation that you're looking at uh, who may not get through four or five innings. Um, so you have to really look at and say, well, Mason Black. Carson Wisenhunt, guys like that, but they're not on the 40 man. So, uh, but Kai Wei Tang is on the 40 man, I believe. He's so hurt in camp though, and right? He's, and he's hurt. So he's going to get a little bit of a late start. So, there, so there's three guys right there that are, are, are more arms. But, you know, as camp goes along here, um, and as guys start getting designated for assignment from other teams, that's where Farhan kind of shines <laughs> the back end of the 40 man. He's going to be grabbing some guys off of the pile who can eat innings early in the season. And Cobb, again, we talked about this last week and we've seen a lot of reports. He's not on the 60 day. Um, he was eligible to go on the 60 day, just 
about a week ago now, and they did not put him on the 60 days. And, and, and he said he wants to try to face live hitters by the end of spring training. So there's a chance he only misses like the first maybe three, four weeks or so of the season. So there's another arm that you get back. And then Robbie Ray, uh, late July, and we don't really know what we're going to get out of Robbie Ray this season. And then he has the opt out if he wants to, you know, go somewhere else at the end of the season. Uh, so, I, I mean, there there is the capability to have a lot of arms to be able to eat innings early and often. Um but they're all young and, mm-hmm. and that's fine. And like you said, would, would you go to see, you know, go to the ballpark to see Tristan Beck and Keaton win? I mean, I'm a Giants fan. So yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd go. I mean, because I want to see what these guys can do. If, I mean, look at the Arizona Diamondbacks. Brendan fought, I mean, was pitching in the World Series. They had a young rotation other than, uh, you know, uh, Zach Gallen, who who lost out in the voting to Logan Webb for the Cy Young. So you're talking about Logan Webb and a bunch of young guys. And yeah. look what the Diamondbacks did. But again, they did it with defense and they did it with timely hitting and some power. Uh, and the Giants added some power with Solaire. And, 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 you know, if they can add another glove with Chapman, um, that helps out on the left side of the infield, like we were just talking about with Luciano. So there's a lot of options still left. Spring training is just that. It is spring training. It is time to see what guys can do at certain positions. Um, and you look at Tyro Estrada last year, you know, turned it around and became an awesome, awesome second baseman. So we have that solid glove at second. You got Lamont Wade Jr. at first. Uh, Blake Sable could be a, a first baseman as well. He's going to be working out there. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I like the young pitching staff. I like to see this stuff from Keith Law. Um, who else did we have on that list? Wizenhunt we just talked about. Um, he's still 23. Where, where did he pitch? Oh, last year was he in double A? He was in Richmond, I believe. Uh, and then Reggie Crawford. See, I don't know if we're going to see Reggie Crawford for a while. I don't think Reggie Crawford is a guy we're going to see this year. I could be wrong because, again, last year I didn't think we were going to see half the guys we saw in Matos and Meckler and, yeah. and Luciano and all those guys. I didn't think we'd see them that fast. But Walker, What about Walker Martin, the youngster, the young yeah. infielder with the sweet swing who was named after Larry Walker? That's right, man. So that I mean, that's the thing is the Giants have, have spent a lot of draft picks, uh, kind of building up the minor league system. Yeah, it's not tops. It's it's not it's not the best, but for what the Giants need to do to attract other talent in the offseason, um, I, I think a lot of these guys can contribute. And and then you also have showcasing them for the trade deadline come July. If you can pick other guys away that have some sort of um, control for two or three years. Uh, maybe you're not getting rentals, but you're using some of your guys like Carson Wisenhunt and Tristan Beck, maybe, um, you know, to, to bundle with Joey Bart. Uh, again, Joey Bart is out of options, so he would have to be on the major league roster. Um, if he's not traded in the spring or early in the season, uh, Giants would have to carry technically if they had Sable also they're which he does have options, but you'd be carrying like four catchers pretty much at that point. Um, but you could trade a guy like Joey Bart and, and mm-hmm. Carson Wisenhunt and, and grab somebody from another team who has three or four years of, um, of control versus having to worry about free agency. And are they going to pick us or the Dodgers, which is pretty much how everything <laughs> has gone lately. So Grant McCray, he's number nine. He is 23. So this is kind of a prove it year for him. Uh, guys like Trevor McDonald, same 23 right-handed pitcher. Uh, he, you would hope that he would be close at least to get into the big club this year. Um, as we, as we get to some of the older players that are thinking who could help us, Keaton Wynn, obviously Keaton Wynn is going to be 26 this year. So this is definitely a year for him to prove that he is a big leaguer. Vaughn Brown, also 26, going to be this wow. year. And, uh, you know, he did not have as good of a year last year. 
Uh, and then, uh, yeah, that, that kind of takes us all the way through to 20, who is uh, Wade Meckler, who, you know, he's probably going to be around the team just because they put him on the 40 man. And so he's going to be a guy who you they're probably going to bring up and down and give him opportunities to be a bench outfielder, you know, pinch runner, uh, la- allow him to make some mistakes in the outfield and figure out where he is best suited and hopefully because you know he is a gamer, he's a guy who gets his uniform dirty, easy guy to root for. He hope that he's able to make some uh he's able to you know make some positive uh progress on this team this year. I think my favorite prospect just for the name is Maui Ahuna. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my guy, man. I want him to go there. <laughs> are we sure he's not in Moana? I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, he's not as big as The Rock. But um, when you say Maui Ahuna, where do you think he played college? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you you think he played, obviously, at, at Hawaii, but he played, uh, transferred from Kansas to Tennessee played in the South, man. There you go. But uh, of course, he was born in I think uh, Elo, Hawaii. So, have you ever thought about moving to Hawaii? You could watch like oh many times Giants games <laughs> like in the early afternoon yes. and just be done with them. Every time I go to Maui, we're usually there for like ten days. And Maui, if you, I don't know if you've ever been to Maui, but Maui is one of those islands that is just it's the country island. Yeah. And so, you know, Willie Nelson has a house there. It is the country, man, of uh, just sweeping big, gigantic hillsides and everything. Uh, super chill island. And every time I go there, I just you know, I pop on the internet and I look at houses. <laughs> but I'm like, nah, there's no way. <laughs> I had an uncle. So I have a lot of connections to Maui. My, my grandmother was born in Lahaina. Uh, my dad lived in uh, Eva Beach. Um, his his dad was stationed there in the Navy, so my dad mm-hmm. lived there for like four years. And then my uncle lived in Kona for like 20 years. So we have a lot of connections to the islands, but I... So, I don't know. Someday I'll spend I'll 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 spend an extended vacation there of like three or four months just to kind of have a good time. Yeah, that that would be amazing. Yeah. Uh, all right. As far as what we are drinking, I wanted to go first because I did a spin on the T to C, and nice. remind people what is in the T to C. So the T to C is our 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 buddy. We call him our buddy. He has no idea who we are. The <laughs> Rocks Tequila Terramana. We do the silver, right? Uh, I can't remember what, what's the Terramana Silver. Is it just called Terramana Silver? Silver? Uh, for, I forgot. I think so. But anyway, so it's it's two ounces of that. Um, if you want to lighten it up, it's one and a half ounces. Mm-hmm. But I go full two ounces, uh, and then I pour that into. Um, a glass of Zevia grapefruit, citrus mm-hmm. grapefruit, mm-hmm. and then a couple of wedges of lime, squeeze that in there, stir it up, and uh, that is the T to C. And it's almost, I say almost T to C, T to C season, but it's 44 degrees outside. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> we got snow coming over the mountains, so no, I don't think so. Not quite so, yet. Yeah, in a, in a month or so, in a month yeah, or yeah. two. Okay, so what I did... Have you heard of this soda? I saw Super Bowl commercials for it. It's called Poppy. Yeah, I, I saw the commercials. Yeah, I heard about it. So it is a, lo- a see through can. Yeah, because of the little <laughs> bit of the green yellow. Uh, but it has about five grams of sugar. So it's not quite okay. diet soda. Uh, and, but, you know, it is, it doesn't have that aspartame or that Zevia taste. Mm. Uh, so it's a little bit of it's it's lighter, uh, but it is it is really good. You you have to be okay with those five carbs. Uh, sure. And so, what I did is I I found some ginger lime poppy soda, and I thought, oh, I wonder how that would taste with uh, with tequila as, as as like a mixer. And then I thought of the T to C, and I was like, okay, you know, I know Brad likes the citrus with the tequila. And this is a ginger lime uh, flavor uh, of poppy. So I did I did put a little bit of lime juice in it as well. But um, yeah, the ginger lime with the terramana, it's pretty good. It's not nice. quite 
the same bite as the grapefruit because the grapefruit does give you that little bit of bite. But still, pretty pretty darn good. I wonder if these poppy sodas uh, are actually going to take off or not. I don't imagine so because diet, you know, imagine trying to break into the soft drink market. Like that sounds like insanity, just because you know all the brands that we know of. But I kind of I kind of like the idea of sort of a. I wouldn't call it a diet soda, but it is a light sugar soda. And if you do not like that aspartame or that Zevia taste, you might dig the poppy uh, taste. So that's what I did. I, I mixed it with some tequila and some lime juice, and that is my uh, my drink for the day. Well, you, you say that, too, trying to break into the market. I mean, they must have had some sort of ridiculous backing to be able to get Super Bowl ads. Because, like, oh, yeah, do that. there were like two or three that yeah. I remember. Um, but, yeah, and, and I'm fine with, like, lower sugar stuff because we do uh, – I, I drink Spindrift, um, which is like a seltzer. Yeah, but it has like seltzer. Yeah, it has like two grams of sugar, mm-hmm. sugar or something like that. So I like it. Yeah, lower sugar, I'm fine with. Um, and and so today I was trying to do. Speaking of Zevia, I thought you know right after I got home, I go, oh, I wonder if I have any ginger ale, uh, Zevia ginger ale. Nope, didn't have any of that. The only Zevias we have right now are Doctor Zevia and Vanilla Cola, so they're mm. both caffeinated. Because I was going to take a shot of Evan Williams, throw it in there, mix it up, have a there nice, big, tall, cool drink. I wasn't going to drink caffeine at this time of night, so <laughs> I ended up <laughs> busting out the really nice bottle of Four Roses, the small batch select. Yep. Yeah, um, yeah. I think you can get that in the stores around you could find it on sale for like around 60-65. So it's not it's like the top end of what I would pay for bourbon mm-hmm. personally. Um I don't like to get into the like 70, 80, 90 dollar range. I'm not I'm too cheap. Um but this stuff, oh my gosh, super fantastic. Um it is crafted from six unique bourbons so it's kind of a a a four roses blend um it's very meaty uh it is not your smooth evan williams where you sit back and have two or three of them you pour this guy and you really just kind of take your time with it (laughs) um i've I've got a lot of new jazz vinyls back here it's over on that side Uh um so i've been busting those out with the four roses and i also have the old forester 1920 um so i've been sitting and having those and it's great because you can crack open the vinyl play the vinyl get out the liner notes read about the album from like the 50s and 60s and stuff so i've been enjoying the the bourbons lately um but I got to save up my carb intake yeah. because we'll be in Disneyland in a week and a half. <laughs> and that's, and then, so I don't go crazy with the food, but the beers are usually really, really good, believe it or not, at Disneyland. So at Disney California Adventure, I like to have at least a beer a day while we're over there riding the rides. You'll get, you're going to get some steps in though. I will get the steps. Yeah. I haven't gotten a lot of steps lately, but I've been doing a lot of bike, a lot of weights, strength, stuff like that. But but I haven't been doing a lot of walking. So I'm a little nervous about that. But I've I've gotten the legs really strengthened up. So I think I'll be okay. Yeah. Crystal and I are doing a steps challenge for February. In what did we do in January? In January, we did miles walked. You had to actually put it as a walking exercise on your apple watch i beat her by like one was it one mile maybe it was like 62.8 miles versus like (laughs) 61.8 miles so i did did get her but the steps is a little bit different because you know you're she is off this week because of uh the winter break the kid because she's in the education and so, you know, she can kind of go out and do a bunch of different walks with the dogs. And I have to work this week. So I'm like trying to figure out how do I catch up and 
So you so. stand in a place and just... <laughs> <laughs> you know what I do that I, where I actually get steps is if I do sh- like 20 minutes of shadow boxing, I get a decent amount of steps. Oh, there you go. That's yeah. a good call. Yeah, what I, what I like to do is if I need more movement and I get a help desk call, I'm on the third floor. And uh, we we cover the eighth floor all the way down to the third floor. So if I get something on the seventh floor, I go here we go stairs. Boom, there you boom, go, boom, boom, boom. Because that other I'm not going to get into an elevator if I need yeah. some steps, man. Yeah, of course. <laughs> there you go. All right, let's end this podcast with just what are you look what what are you going to be checking for during spring training? Or, or do you have a keen eye on any specific thing? What what are you interested in learning more about about this? I'm not not too worried about the lineup. The lineup is what the lineup is. Um, It's going to be a lot of moving parts there. I am super interested, like we talked about earlier. I am very interested in this starting rotation. Um, Just the fact that Bob Melvin today called it a rotation Mm -hmm. has me very excited (laughs) because we haven't had a rotation in a few years um because he said you know you i've got he said i've got webb and i've got uh hicks and or no he said i got webb harrison hicks and after that we got two spots and about four guys fighting for it but basically said that that uh beck and win are kind of locked in at four and five it's their jobs to lose um but i want to see what the other guys do i want to see what wizenhunt and black and tang once he's healthy i want to see what those guys can do in spring mm-hmm. um so i'm i'm really going to be watching the highlights um as much as i can just to kind of see pitch movement and different things from these guys um i think it's been a while since we've had this young of a possible starting pitching staff, because again, Kyle Harrison, I mean, all eyes are on him anyways, but then you add in a couple more young guys and uh, a, a, you know, reliever turn starter in Jordan Hicks. And, and so you look at all those guys together and you go, man, this is kind of intriguing to see how things go. I, yeah. you know, how we're always pretty optimistic about stuff um, because you look at the upside uh, if, if all of these guys hit or 75% of them hit, you've got a really, really nice rotation. Um, so, so yeah, that's, I think that's for me, it's going to be starting pitching. I'm not, and, and again, I'm not too worried about the bullpen. Cause I kind of know how that plays out. Um, I failed to mention, uh, Ryan Walker earlier, who I'm also really excited about. I'm a big Ryan Walker guy. The movement on his slider is ridiculous. If you've never seen it, um, so yeah, starting pitching, man. I'm excited. And unfortunately, the first game of spring is the Dodgers and Padres in two days. So two days from today that we're Wait, where, where are they playing that one? That one's going to be in um, Arizona, but the, since they play overseas. Right, right. Uh, they're getting a the jump first, start. Yeah, they're getting a little bit of a start. And our first game is coming up this Saturday at noon. Uh and I can't remember who. Oh, Chicago Cubs against against the Cubbies. So, yeah. You know what? I forgot to ask you one question that I wanted mm-hmm. to ask you before we talked about our drinks. What do you think about the Boris Four? <laughs> oh man, oh, God, I don't even know because I'm all for getting your bag. You yeah. know, I, yeah. I, that's fine with me. Get your bag, man. But. I kind of feel like we're going to get into a situation where teams are going to sign, you know, one or all four of these four guys in April or May. Then you're going to start off with kind of a sour taste in, in the mouths of the fans. Then if you don't live up to your contract, it's going to be a huge problem. Mm-hmm. Um now, Haniger was a Boris guy for us last year, right? Uh, good question. I don't even know. I, I believe so. And wasn't Jung Hu Lee? He was also a Boris guy, right? Yes, I think so. So, and and that happened quickly because again, that that one had to because of the posting and everything else. Um, but like with the Mitch Haniger thing, 
And the Aaron Judge thing, I almost called him arson. <laughs> <laughs> the, the arson judge thing, uh, also being a Boris guy. All of that having to deal with the fact that things dragged on. And then once you got your guy, things didn't pan out. But right, Hanniger right. got his bag. So I don't know. I don't know what to think of it. I'm a little frustrated with everything right now because these are four guys that can make impacts on teams. Um, but again, they got to get their bag. They got to get what they're worth. Uh, but other guys, you know, Solaire, Jung Hoo Lee, these guys have gotten what they think they're worth. So yeah. I'm not sure how much, obviously a lot of it has to do with the players because if the player said, I'm fine going to this team for a smaller portion of that, Boris isn't going to stop them. Right. And, right. And, and we know Scott Boris is a guy who doesn't get his players signed to extensions. Although Jose Altuve just signed an extension and he's a Boris guy. Right. Um, but but he wanted to stay in Houston. So so really the player drives it. So I don't I don't know how much I really put this on Boris as I do these four players that are like, man, I think Scott Boris can get it for us. So let yeah, let's hold out. Let's see what we can do. But again, it's gonna it's just gonna end up being bad taste in the fans' mouths. And that that's kind of what they're working towards at this point. And it's uh I hate to see it. And I hate to say it, but I think it's just going to kind of turn into that. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I am like, how far do they go into the season right. without being signed? And then if you sign this year and you start slow, the fans are not going to be happy. They're going to be blaming you no. for, you know, taking your time and getting into camp. So my, my, my hope for those guys is that, they are working their rear ends off so that when they do finally sign, they're like ready to go. Though I'm not sh quite sure about Jordan Montgomery. I, I'm a little worried about Jordan Montgomery, uh, yeah. what he's doing right now, coming off of that World Series championship. So. <laughs> Having uh, a good time. Yeah. But that's the thing, because Farhan even said, too, like, you know, obviously it's a it's a, it's a stalemate and it's a, it, you know, it's a negotiation tactic. But he said straight up, like, you know, at this point, if we bring somebody else in, you know, somebody else has to go and, and we, we think we're kind of set where we're at. But obviously, I mean, if they sign a Matt Chapman, you move parts around, you make things happen. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and, and three or four other GMs have come out and basically said, no, I think I think we're good where we're at. And we're not going to be spending any more money. So that seems um, pretty strategic. Like, yeah. I think it's very strategic to do that. But I do wonder of those teams like Chicago's been tied to Bellinger the whole time, right? The giants right. and the blue yeah. Jays have been tied to Chapman. Mm -hmm. And so you're kind of saying that, but at the same time, are you alienating those guys and making those guys, the bad guys essentially right. for what they're doing? And so that's, a, that's going to be an interesting, how those guys feel about, you know, what these teams are doing right now when they're in, they're kind of playing hardball a little bit. So that's something to be that I, I'm very interested in. Uh, but as far as my guys, you know, what am I looking for in spring training? I think for one, it's just really Luciano. Like I'm so invested in yeah. what he does and who he's going to be. I think there's less hope, not, not hope, but, I think there's a lot of people who are like, this guy's going to be one of the best players, you know, in the game. And it seems like because of people like Keith Law, like we're not thinking like that anymore. But I do hope that he's really good, right? Like you hope right. that that he is the goods and that all of those the the things that have been written about him in the past are still true and and everything. So I'm hopeful that he does bring the goods, but, and it's also Harrison. Like, can you imagine being 22 years old and just rising through the ranks? And all of a sudden you're like, you haven't really done anything in the big leagues, but guess what? You're the number two starter. on the <laughs> <Giants>. <laughs> like, like he's like, and what? <laughs> and, and is that due to the fact that, they they just didn't sign anybody else, right? You know, because if they would have signed Yamamoto, he'd be number three. 
exactly. they would have signed Yamamoto and Snell at this point, he'd be number four. So is it undue pressure due to the fact that the other guys didn't get signed or haven't been signed yet? So yes, um, what what goes through his mind? I mean, I'm sure he's a competitive athlete. Um, we've seen the interviews with him. We saw him in his, you know, just super nasty first outing as a giant last season. The guy's going to take the ball and say, yeah, I'm number two. I'll, you got to take it from me now. So, right, right. and that's what you want. I mean, you want a nasty, you know, starting rotation and it all trickles down, which is great for us as fans and the rest of the team, it all trickles down from Logan Webb. I mean, that guy is a ultra competitor. So to have a guy like that is your number one. He is a true, when you, when you talk about true aces of staffs, that's it. I mean, he is the attitude, everything else. He is a staff ace and, and we're lucky to have him at this point. Yeah. He wants it. He wants the ball. He wants to have, you know, he wants to be the, the guy. So yeah. he's perfect. He's really perfect for what they're trying to do. And you just hope that you get him the great, you know, the opportunity to be the, to be the guy as well. And to, yeah. j- just to, to succeed in that role and to, you know, get, uh, we don't, care about wins that much anymore but it'd be great right. to see him get to 20 wins you know even oh, though yeah. there's a lot of stuff involved in that that doesn't have to do with the pitcher as we have learned but well run know, support is one of them run support <laughs> is a big deal and and that would be great okay so we're done for this week but like i said we'll be back next tuesday and the giants will have some uh some baseball underneath mm-hmm. underneath them and we'll be yeah. able to talk about it we could talk numbers in a week. This is yeah. very exciting. I love numbers. You know the you know the one thing. I you know I mentioned Luciano and I mentioned Harrison. All eyes on Jung Hoo Lee. Oh, yeah, well, of course. Yeah, I mean that's as a as a leadoff guy myself, this is like heaven for me, man. Seeing Jung Hoo Lee up there and knowing he's going to lead off every single night, I'm geeked i can't even tell you i it's been a long time since i've bought like a jersey of a player who's currently playing that's one because 51 looks sexy <laughs> on the back of a jersey man. <laughs> so getting a getting a jung hu lee jersey man that might be the way to go so. there we go all right we are done here but we'll be back next tuesday for brad I am Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out. Peace.